where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. It's another edition of Full Circle. Welcome to the program. I want to welcome my guest, Anita R. Johnson. She is a financial behaviorist. Now, Anita is an entrepreneur, speaker, writer, and founder of Money Wisdom for Women and Affluence Financial Fitness for Women. Anita has over 30 years of experience along with her BBS in financial accounting. She has a master's in taxation and completing her PhD in finance, helping entrepreneurs find their financial voice. After settling into entrepreneurship in 1998 with Anita R. Johnson and Associates as the parent company, she quickly founded Money Wisdom for Women to help women upgrade their unhealthy financial habits to healthy habits, helping them make sound financial decisions. And when I met Miss Anita, it was actually at the book signing of Hidden Psychological Effects of Money on Black Women. And it's a compilation of personal experiences uh, based on her vision. And when I met Miss Anita, I thought instantly, we have to talk around the Black Friday holiday shopping season. As we are shopping for the holidays, but also preparing for 2020, I want to make sure that we get our finances together. And if they're already together, keep them together and give some tips, especially to our young people out there, young women, um, and just people in general on how to stay in the black in all areas, okay? So I want to welcome Miss Anita to the show. Thank you so much, Miss Anita, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about being here. I am excited as well. You are a financial behaviorist, and with that alone, I could imagine some of the things that you hear and see, and we had a little conversation uh, before the show started about money. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about you. Like, how did you, Who who is Anita R. Johnson? Wow. Well, I am actually a native of Oakdale, Louisiana. And if anybody um, knows Oakdale, which you probably, unless you're from Louisiana, you wouldn't know Oakdale. Uh And even if you're from Louisiana, you may not know Oakdale. (laughs) (laughs) Because Oakdale is, and I tease because I say I I come from um, a town where there's two red lights. One blinks. And one is the red. <laughs> <laughs> That's small. <laughs> uh, but um, I come that that way through uh, Oakdale, Louisiana, to California, to Sacramento, California. And so um, I, have, I have been here almost uh, 44 years, mm-hmm. right? And I kind of love it here. And, you know, uh, my parents were educators, um, 
I have one brother. And so just, you know, two children, uh, just somebody who actually really loves what I do, mm-hmm. love the people that I meet, love, try to, you know, do as much as I can to love life, yeah. even though sometimes life does what it does. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you get to Sacramento from Louisiana? Well, you know, my mother decided, <laughs> God bless my mother, <laughs> she decided that she wanted a better life for me. So her family lives here. Mm-hmm. My mother's family lives here. Her sisters and brothers did at the time. Mm-hmm. And so she put me and my daughter, who was who were three, she was three at the time, on a Continental Trailway bus. Oh my! And when and and that was in eighty something, I think. Uh-huh. And um, there were no such things as cell phones. So we were on the bus for three days. My daughter and I were on the bus for three days. And you know, uh, I don't even remember calling home or anything until I got here and saying I'm here. So she she took her so she took her money. So my mother taught school, mm-hmm. and she played piano for churches. Okay. So she took her money for that she played the piano and gave that to me and sent me out here. Oh yeah. So I had I think I had a thousand dollars. And that's what I lived on until I found, and I lived with my aunt. So, um, so that's what she took for me. And I am today really grateful for mm-hmm. her to do that for me. I was mad at the time, uh-huh. but I was grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so she just she just wanted something better for you. She wanted something better for me, you know. And I was I had been in in, in a toxic relationship, and she was really trying to help me get out of that toxic relationship. Okay. And so yeah, she's like, okay. Somebody's got it because we got to we got to get you out of this. Mm-hmm. And she did that mm-hmm. for me. So that's why I'm grateful uh, for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you said your parents were educators, which is interesting because in a way you well, you are an educator yes. as well. Uh-huh. So it kind yeah. of flowed naturally. What did you always have this? Um, penchant is the word that comes to mind about money. You know, I so in the in um, I believe it's in the book that you have here mm-hmm. the um, psychological effects, hidden psychological effects. I talk about how I was spoiled. Uh, my dad is he's he spoiled me, and then so that kind of ran over into some in a marriage of mine, and and I thought that money is supposed to just come to me automatically <laughs> at the <Ooh>. time. <laughs> Because I was beautiful, you know right? what I'm say? <laughs> I love it. I'm just beautiful. It's right. supposed to just jump into my lap, right? right? I've always been hardworking once I started working. Uh-huh. But I also thought that I was supposed to be taken care of, too, mm-hmm. right? And so I found out that that wasn't the case. So when that happened, when I found out that I was not the, that I was, had, I was the one that should be dependent on me, uh-huh. then that's my whole mindset towards money change that was a that was a hard lesson for you i'm sure because i can identify with that Mm -hmm. like being spoiled like not having to i didn't even have my first job till after i was out of high school Mm -hmm. like that's how spoiled i had a car before i even had a driver's license okay (laughs) wow that's how spoiled and so but it was hard and still Mm -hmm. is kind of hard Mm -hmm. sometimes to think that I actually have to be responsible for this. And not like I'm irresponsible, but just like having to pay sometimes. Like, why can't somebody else pay? You know? (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) You know? And so these are the things, you know, whatever it is that we grew up with are things that we take into our adulthood. Exactly. So financial behaviorist, what exactly is that? 
you know, it's 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 simple, but it, then it's not simple, uh-huh. right? Because what we just talked about is a behavior that we carried into adulthood uh-huh. that our parents, our father, whatever gave to us, whatever it is, we carry that into our adulthood, which is fine is which is a financial financial DNA uh-huh. is that that's what I'd like to call it. Uh-huh. And so once I realized um, when I started getting my um, PhD, one of the reasons why I was getting my PhD in finance was to know the difference between to have the difference between Caucasian women and black women mm. on why black women retire uh, and don't have money mm. and and Caucasian women do you know not all of them but you know you know what i'm saying right and so it started off that way but then when i started researching i said there's something different to this it's just not trying to be on budget which we call a financial spending plan we don't say budget anymore oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um i said there's something different and that's when i started to change my thinking and my dissertation towards in my mindset towards what's really going on, what's the bottom line kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, there's a behavior behind this. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started researching the behavior. And so when, when I tell people I'm a financial behaviorist and they'd be like, huh, what's that? I say it's a therapy therapist, but it's on the financial side. So people come to me and talk about their problems or their challenges. I shouldn't say problems. Their challenges with money. Mm. I can't stay on budget. Can't stay on finance. Why is it that I can't? I had started this thing a million times blah Mm. blah blah but it's the mindset and it's the behavior that keeps people from staying on their financial behavior or on retirement so i try to get into the root of why that happens and that that could go pretty deep yes because you know just like i mentioned my my upbringing right my childhood where i pretty much you know got anything i wanted Mm -hmm. right that's stuff that we carry into our adulthood so a lot of times I don't think that we realize or just speak for myself, realize Mm -mm. that those are the things that we're carrying in. So how do you help someone kind of unpack all that to get to the root? That's a really good question because remember a lot of these people are coming to me kicking and screaming. Right. Right. And they're coming to me for a different reason. They're coming to me, you know, Oh, you can help me because now I've been in business 20 something years. And so my business started off accounting taxes and helping people do Mm -hmm. financial spending plans and things like that. Like that and now the ball is turned mm-hmm. and so they want this they want this beautiful spreadsheet that think is a miracle to them and I say no and they look at me like really uh-huh. like no you, you're not going to get that yeah. because we need to stop that start with this so I always tell anybody that's coming to me on a one-on-one basis is that I you got to give me three months okay no matter what and then we can do maintenance after that but three months twice a week will tell me we will get to the root of the problem. Mm. And I ask them pointed questions. What, like, what do you feel about? How do you feel about money? Um, what's if, if you thought about money right now, what is the three top things off the top of your head? You would say mm. some people are like, I don't have enough. I don't have this. I don't yeah. have that. You know, they have these negative connotations around money. Right. Uh-huh. So I, then I say, well, take those three words that you just told me and put it into a positive affirmation. Mm. And that's your affirmation. And they look at me like, are you crazy? I just said not enough, this and that. Turn it around into a positive affirmation. And that's going to be your affirmation that gets you over the hump. Mm-hmm. You're going to say this 20 times a day or write it 50 times a day or mm-hmm. whatever you're going to do. And then that gets you to thinking differently about your money, right? <clears throat> 
And then when, as we're working and I'm asking these pointed questions and I'm doing all these other things, and then they say, they finally get to it and, and be like, oh my gosh, they start crying. Most people start crying when they get to, this is the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. This is the root of the problem. And so they, um, and so that's when they uh, cry. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, yeah. uh, like for one instance, I was working with a, a, a girl years and years ago. And one of the things that she had lots and lots of credit card debt, mm. you know, and then she had no house and she wasn't, I mean, she had 30 or $40,000 worth of credit cards on different cards. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why she, you know, uh, had that. But when we got down to it, she, the stuff that she had on her credit card belonged to her sister and her sister's children. She didn't have any children mm. and she lived in an apartment mm. when she was growing up. Her parents favored the sister instead of her. So that's the root. <laughs> mm, that's good. And then when she found that out, she was like, whoa. And then her, you know, she was like, whoa, I, I can't believe this. And so, yes, that's uh, that's when we talk about getting to the root of the problem. I want to go to because you mentioned something that just struck me when well, you talked about the positive affirmations. But even going back, I don't think sometimes I don't think people realize what they think about money. Mm-hmm. I'm all I ban the B word in mm-hmm. my house. Mm-hmm. I ban any anyone like my niece used to always say that like I be broke. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't oh, claim that. Yes, I don't yes. claim that. And you have to I think people need to understand, too, that those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm always broke. I'm always you mm-hmm. gonna always be broke. If you keep continuing to feed that mindset. Mm-hmm. So I like how you have them even looking at their their situation and then flipping that into a positive affirmation. I got a great one for broke. I wrote this the other day. Okay. So it, it must, it must, my spirit must have knew you were going to say this, right? <laughs> so I tell people the same thing about, about broke is like, you're not, quit saying that you're broke. Mm-hmm. Just say that your abundance lights is not on. And all you need to do is turn your abundance light Ooh, on. I like that. Ooh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that myself. down myself. <laughs> That's, I like that's that. Anita Renee Johnson's. You cannot. <laughs> oh, and I thought a hashtag money mindset. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that though. Change. It's it's about changing your mindset, mm-hmm. but you have to, like you mentioned, get to the root of what that is. Mm-hmm. What caused you to think that way about money and have the relationship that you have? That's a powerful story. How the sister right. was favored, and now the 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 other, the other sister, sister was still mm-hmm. trying to feed that thing. Exactly. And we have that a lot of times. A lot of times too. What I found with some friends and people that I've met. Is is that fa- I've seen where family actually puts pressure on someone to take care of. Mm-hmm. You need to take care. That's your little sister or that's your younger or that's your older, whatever. Mm-hmm. And people have this, this oblig. they feel an obligation right. to take care right. of the family mm-hmm. and things like that because of whatever, you know, however they grew up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's something that, plagues them as well exactly Mm -hmm. definitely i know i can hear my mother one time saying to me and god knows i love my mother right uh and she said to me she says um you're gonna go to college Uh Uh and then when you get done you're gonna help your brother go to college she said that to me okay right and that did not work that way (laughs) (laughs) i love my brother my brother is the best brother ever right Uh uh but 
he it, it's not him mm-hmm. that's doing it's not me doing <laughs> helping right. him. it's him helping me sometimes right and so that's just the way you know it, it turned out to be and you're right family do does put pressure on you mm-hmm. uh you know like you know we got this the holiday season coming up mm-hmm. and you know the 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 pressure of finding the perfect gift Mm. For and, and this is something else my dad says, says to me. He says, um, "We spend money to impress people we don't like." <laughs> Ooh, drop the mic on that one. And sometimes we do like them, and still, and it's, still, you know, we're trying to impress them anyway. We're trying to impress yeah. them, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's so true. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to outgift and you know, I got to get the bit. I used to do that. With um with my family, like I I just gotta always give them the best. I gotta I gotta you know because I felt like, and the family knows I'm transparent. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was the way that I showed them love. Right? Mm-hmm. Is if mm-hmm. I buy you something that's really extravagant, that means that I I mean it wasn't the whole definition, but that showed how much I loved you because I got you this thing. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that happens too. It's like equating love, love with, with gifts. Exactly. Yeah. And we do that in our, not just with money, but we do that in our relationships yeah. with friends or, mm-hmm. or or our significant other or spouse. Oh, you give me the biggest gift. That means you love me so mm-hmm. much. But that's not always true. That's but it, And it's so true. crazy too is that, but I'm the opposite. So like I am not... You don't have to give me something big and impressive. Mm -hmm. A nice gesture would be for me. But for me, outwardly, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to, you know, I want to get them something nice Mm -hmm. to show how much I care about them. And I think that's society, too. Yeah. Not just pressure from from family, but society in general. Yeah. And especially in and I would also say and this generally speaking in our in the black community is because sometimes we don't have anything. So we so what happens if we can give the we've been we've been shown to have to buy others by the society that the bigger the gift Mm -hmm. the better it is and that's not always true yeah that's Mm -hmm. true Mm -hmm. so why do you think it's important especially for women to be educated about money um you know in in the in and especially i guess in in our day is that um um when we were coming up we worked but and then we had our we had our grandparents. I would say our grandparents or great grandparents. Mm-hmm. They kind of knew how to save, but they didn't know how to invest in mm-hmm. it, right? Invest in in a future or leave a legacy and things like that. So it's important as women because we we make up, um, oh, you know, a lot of the workforce, uh, and we don't we when we retire we retire eighty percent of us retire in poverty. Mm. So how you work and then retire in poverty, or you earn you're not earning enough money or something. You don't ask for what you the value yeah. uh, that you value yourself. And so mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we learn not just the nuts and bolts of putting a plan together, but our mindset when it comes to money. And most of us, most of us are single. Mm-hmm. And some of us are single and married with kids. And so we have to be careful on how we think, show our kids, mm-hmm. leave a legacy for our kids. And I'm not always talking about money legacy, yeah. but a mindset legacy oh, for yeah. our children. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, Ooh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more conversation with a financial behaviorist, Anita R. Johnson. We are talking women and money today. It's Full Circle. We'll be right back. Empowerment through conversation. That starts with you. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. Empowering women through conversation. 
This is what she does. She is Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. I am having a conversation with Anita R. Johnson, financial behaviorist, and she is the an entrepreneur. She is a speaker, a writer, and founder of Money, Wisdom for Women, and Affluence Financial Fitness for Women. And we are talking money, y'all. How we can look at our mindsets about money and around money. What are some of our thoughts and how we can start to shift those if there is something that we notice that is, if we find ourselves in like, I don't know, help me out, Miss Anita, like a financial bind. I don't want to say financial bind, but if we just find ourselves uh, showing behaviors. Well, so here's uh, the symptom. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Not a doctor yet, but... Uh... <laughs> Here's the symptoms. If you can't find yourself staying on budget, which is called a financial spending plan, Mm -hmm. if you find yourself um, spending too much money, or if you find yourself spending not enough money, Mm -hmm. right, or uh, you're afraid to talk about your, you have fears of money, you know, your hand sweats and all that kind of stuff. You pull your hair out. You got to have three glasses of alcohol to do. <laughs> right to do your financial spending your plan financial, you takes you takes you two years to go to a financial planner when mm-hmm. you like a year out from uh, retiring or something right. then you need a financial behavior yes right <laughs> because it's so important yes. to make sure that you look at what how you're thinking about money and I want to jump back to something you said before the break you talked about how a um, a large percentage of women, especially mm-hmm. women of color, retire in poverty. Mm-hmm. And you you said, sometimes we don't ask for what we want. That's in negotiating our salaries and things like that. Why do you think that's a hard... Because I know for me, it's it was hard when I was establishing my coaching practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of, I know that I, you know, I know the schooling that I went through mm-hmm. and how much experience I have, but... For some reason, I couldn't equate that to what I what my real value Value. was. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid to ask for what I know that I'm worth. Why do you think we have that? I think, um, you know, one thing is that we have never been taught that we are um, that we should value ourselves. We've been taught that. Yeah. That we're less than. Right. Mm -hmm. And that um, I think society has said and this is no this this is not a when I say these things, you know, this is not a beat of of our of men. Mm -hmm. But we have to be able to take care of ourselves. And so we we've always basically been relying on um, men to take care of us. And so what happens is we be like, okay, I don't want or I can live off of this and this and this. So we don't ask for what we want because we're afraid. And, you know, we are a nurturing kind of... Uh, oh, maybe uh, one, maybe that. Okay, here we go. Hello. I just want to just commend uh, you ladies. And uh, uh, the other thing is that African-American women have always, uh, it, to a point, with uh, uh, taking, you know, being part of taking care of the family, um, did with little, very little, but uh, seemed to make it. But now it's to a point where it's talking about wealth. And passing the the wealth on to the next generation. And I want to thank you, ladies, and the, uh, this program for putting this on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling and for your words, Miss Anita. Did you have anything you how you wanted to respond to the brother? Thank you so much for calling and listening. Uh, yeah, you. Know, okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's a you know he he brought out a good point and it brought something else up for me because one of my books 
us called Being Broke is Maddening. And in that particular book, we talk about the mental issues of being mental challenges. And I wrote this book with a friend of mine um, who forbids me to say mental illness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I love it. The phones uh, are, are, the, are lighting up. Huh? Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Thomas. I'm calling. And I just wanted to say I really appreciate you guys' program. I listen to you guys every weekend. You are some strong black women who really educate not only females, but men, too. But at the same time, it's for a lot of women. I know, to me, it seemed like women have changed. When I was growing up, I'm 54 years old. My mother had me when she was 17. She raised three kids by herself. She didn't have, I mean, she couldn't really save, but she taught us how to save. She taught us the importance of money. But to me, I think the woman, to me, Behind every strong man is a stronger woman. We come from women, and women are the backbone, to me, of the black community. You women are stronger than what you give yourself credit for. You guys, you guys raise us, and a lot of us men were raised by single-parent women. I'm one of them, and I'm a strong black man, but I, I give all the credit to my mother. A lot of our fathers... What they, they either started another family or they're locked up or they're on drugs, unfortunately. Now, it is a lot of good men out there, but I want to keep it real. It's, it's a lot of guys that's in that predicament. So the woman raises these kids by herself. A lot of us do. Okay. But, again, thank you guys for what you guys do every single weekend. I listen to you every weekend. Thank you guys keep doing what you're doing. Thank you thank so you. much. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Wow. That's, right. That is such a great compliment to hear brothers mm-hmm. out there chiming in Definitely. on what's happening, you know. And he makes a good point. You mm-hmm. know, there are a majority of women that are single moms raising their children mm-hmm. and having to set financial examples for their children as well Mm -hmm. so yeah and you know i want to go back to the the point that the brother the first brother talked about Mm -hmm. about the mental health one of my goals in in life is to have um this what i do as part of your medical Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Put as your medical. So I've been trying to work and contact, you know, the medical feeling by the medical field so that you can have this as one of your mental health uh, it, uh, challenges. So it could be on your it could be covered under your insurance. Oh, yeah. Money, you know, money, fears and things like that to be covered under your insurance so that you'll be able to come and and, and be able to sit in front of somebody and talk about it. Because that's one of the things is that we fear and then we also fear who we're talking in front of. Like people come to me and the first thing they say, oh, you probably never seen anything like this. And I either tell them, I tell them one or two things. I see either uh, I did it, what you've done, right? Mm-hmm. Or I've seen it. So roundabout, I've been around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the the tie between mental health and money is so real. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, I, and we don't give enough credit for Mm-mm. that. And I, so I applaud your mm-hmm. efforts for trying to get the medical industry to see like our uh, mental health 
benefits that we get through work mm-hmm. or whatever to see that that really is a connection. It's stressful when you don't have enough money, right. which leads to other stuff. It's stressful when you're under financial pressure, you're losing your home or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it, it, that tie is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, definitely. This is some good stuff, y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling and, uh-huh. and listening to the program. This is Full Circle. If you're just joining us, I'm Miss Wanda having a conversation with Anita R. Johnson, financial behaviorist. Um, you know, Miss Anita, we talked about why it was important for women to know about money, but there's also some benefits mm. to knowing about money. Can you tell us some of those things? Well, yes. Uh, to have a, in order to have a great relationship, you need to have a great, healthy relationship with your money, right? So some of the unhealthy things is not paying your bills on time. People just say, oh, pay your bills on time. That doesn't always work because right. you don't always have the money, mm-hmm. right? So um, having a great relationship with money. So once you have a great, healthy relationship with money, you're able to invest. You're able to see money really differently. You, uh, you're able to pass that legacy, The not only the legacy of money, to your children, but the thought process of money to your children. Mm-hmm. So those are uh, or some of the benefits. Choosing where you want to live, right? You don't have to. You you can buy a a beautiful home if that's what you want. You can drive a nice car if that's what you want. One of the things is that you also want to know is that yes, I I can live below my means and still be able mm. to do the things right. Um, and so those are really benefits from having a great relationship with money. Yeah, I want to jump back to that living below your means in just a minute. 97.5, hello? Hey, hello. Um, My name is Hello. I'm going to be exposing the DA pretty soon, and I was trying to get my story out. Okay, right now we're in the middle of a different talk show, but if you want to give us a call back after 12, I can help you out, okay? Okay, who am I speaking with? This is Miss Wanda. Okay, Miss Wanda. All right, thank you so much, sweetheart. Bye-bye. I want to go back to, oh, what you said. Darn it, I the usually myth. scribble it down, but I forgot. So we're going to just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I forgot, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you talked about... You can choose to live... Oh, oh living, living below, below your means. means. That's what it was. That's right. <laughs> because a lot of people... And I'm going to say myself included for a long time until the last couple of years, but thought that living below your means meant living in poverty mm-hmm. oh wow or living in Ooh. not necessarily <laughs> in poverty but struggle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. could be equated with struggle mm-hmm. and that's not the case mm-hmm. it's just not going above and beyond what you bring in mm-hmm. look at what you bring in what you spend out and finding a, a mm-hmm. good medium where you can still have some savings and still enjoy your mm-hmm. life you know, you bring up a good a point, and I uh, and I always um, I, I'm probably gonna make some some people mad at me. <laughs> That's all right. My dad always says I, mean, I talk about my dad a lot, though. Uh-huh. He always says that I push the envelope. <laughs> pushing the envelope is good. We like pushing the envelope here, full circle. It's all good. You're in good company. <laughs> so, and I and I want to uh, touch on um, being you know wearing your badge of poverty mm. on your sleeve mm. like okay yeah i'm gonna get you know to a better place one day because i'm i'm poor now or i'm wearing that badge of a uh, poverty now mm-hmm. right and so uh, we if if who you know whatever um who is your higher calling you know your god your buddha whoever it is they really don't want you to live in poverty they really don't mm-hmm. <laughs> all right yes so um 
But the world is made up of poor people. But it doesn't mean that you have to live that way. And so that is something that really bothers me when people when they say that you do not have to wear that on property. And when you live below your means does not mean that you don't have money. Right. Because I know people that have money. Mm -hmm. I mean, millions of dollars. And you would not know that they have millions of dollars because they live they are thinking of their next generation of the generations over and over and wealth and wealth begets wealth. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, if, if, if somebody's leaving me a legacy or if I'm leaving my granddaughter a legacy, that means that I'm teaching her how to do something, how to, how to deal with money, her money mindset. And so that moves them, that moves her to the next. So my great, great, great grandchildren, when I'm not here, could be wealthy because yeah. of what I taught my granddaughter or my children. Yeah. Above. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bible instructs us to live or to leave a legacy for our family. Exactly. Right? exactly. And I was going to just tap on now talking about pushing the envelope. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because you kind of said I'm just going to piggyback it. Uh-huh. on it. But there's this thing uh-huh. that sometimes people of faith think that in order to be more faithful, I have to live in struggle. Yes. Which is not true. And, and you know, and I'm from the South and that was taught to me mm-hmm. in the pulpit from, from day one. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that is one of the things that I just will not accept. I just will not accept. And I did it for a long time, accepted that for a long mm-hmm. time, but I will not accept that anymore. I yeah. just won't accept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there's that whole myth of, yeah. I have to, we, in we order got a whole to be religious story on that. <laughs> yeah. I have to be poor or yeah. I have to give, you know, and there's nothing wrong with giving yeah. and giving and being generous in your Charitable. giving, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's a, their fine line between struggle and being mm-hmm. giving uh, as according to whatever your faith is mm-hmm. um but also in living beyond your means i'm just going to tell my own story is that before like i was telling you like three or four years ago i'm like i'm i got it now but before then i used to think that um i i was living paycheck to paycheck which what i know a lot of people do and once i shifted my mindset mm-hmm. Now I'm like, and this is no joke, and my coworkers tease me all the time. I'm like, oh, it's payday. Like, I don't even know, realize mm, when it's payday anymore mm, because mm. now I have my financial house. Uh, it's getting more in order. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, oh, we got paid. Oh, we got paid yesterday. <laughs> like, and it's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. It it's is. a great feeling it to is. not be having to go, oh, shoot, when's the third, when's payday? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, now being able to go, oh. Just like mm-hmm. yesterday, I was at Black Friday, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I got extra money in the bank. Okay, uh-huh. cool. I must have got paid, and just was able to go on and do my thing." Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I think a shifting of that mindset, living below your means, all of those things come together in order for us to have a better finance. Because I have a goal to be debt free, mm-hmm. and so I'm doing all these things to get there. And so, when you have that goal in mind and you shift your mindset, it can be such a great thing. Definitely, and you know, I, I can hear some people out out in the radio land uh-huh. saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. Well, how can I change that? You mm. know? And, and you telling me about a mindset. No, I need to change more than a mindset. Right. I, right. I need to, I need to change what I earn. Well, yeah, you do need to change what you earn sometimes mm-hmm. depending on what your job is. Mm-hmm. But I, and one of the things that I want people to do, if you're out there and you're living from paycheck to paycheck or you, or you're homeless or whatever it is, or, and you get a little bit of money, right? And you're like, you tell, trying to tell me how to change my mindset. This is the one thing that I want you to do. 
I do want you to do an affirmation. Yeah, it's corny. <laughs> yeah, it's good though. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I, I do want you to do a financial affirmation. You you can do the other affirmations that that speak to your spirit and mm-hmm. so forth. But I want you to do a financial a- affirmation that will speak to your to your to your spirit. And then what I want you to do, and I'm a, I'm letting you jump ahead. All right, mm-hmm. I want you to start tracking what you're spending. Mm. Okay, And a lot of times when you start tracking what you're spending, because we all think that we're spending a certain amount of money until we start tracking. And once we start tracking, we will find out that we may be spending too much money in certain areas, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I can tell you one of my weaknesses, ooh, we, mm-hmm. is eating out. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We all got something. <laughs> it's eating out. I can have $10 in my, in my spending bank account, right? Uh-huh. And I'd be like, what can I get for five? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the financial behavior sometimes need a financial behavior. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I like that starting off with just, and I, as you were saying that too, it just starts small. So mm-hmm. even if you are living paycheck to paycheck, a small portion put aside mm-hmm. builds up over time. And I think, and that was one of the mistakes that I made is that I always thought that in order to save, I had to take 50% Tons. of my check mm-hmm. or I had to put in $200 or whatever it was when I finally realized that if you just start small, and mm-hmm. I showed my son that too, like whatever you make now, because, you know, as young people, young people don't typically start off making a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So just start off small, $50, $20, $10, whatever it is, just get into the habit of putting something away. Definitely. Definitely. So that now you can build on that because compounded interest and compounded savings adds up in the end. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of negate that thinking. They might have that same thinking of it has to start big. And that's a true statement in um, uh in in doing your financial spending plan, I have a whole um, ten list, ten steps, and things like that. But one of the things is that you do want to. Uh, I don't. I don't say savings anymore. Is I say investment. Okay. Although the bank says it's a savings account, remember it's an investment in yourself when you put money away. I like it. Right. And so that's part of the financial spending plan is that you're investing in. Maybe you want to travel. Maybe you want to go to send the kids to college or go back to college yourself. Maybe you want to buy a new car, maybe whatever it is. Put, I mean, if you just put, like, for instance, when I went on vacation earlier this year, um, we were able to put money towards that. Mm-hmm. So there were some times when I was putting, like, $5 to it, and then I was putting some money into my investment program, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and it could have been a dollar, but the empowerment that it made me feel to do the $5 or the $10 or or $2 or whatever it might be, it's still empowering. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, okay, when I get to the, when I get to one level, then I'll change the investments to $10 or $20, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you have, you make a plan and you, and that's the whole thing of, of inventing healthy habits is those type of things yeah mm-hmm. man that this is such good conversation again if you're just joining us this is full circle i'm your host miss wanda having a conversation with anita r johnson financial behaviorist you can find anita on her website at anita and you can get more information about all the things she's doing she's also on social media and when we come back from the break we are going to um, talk about how you can get involved with miss anita get more information and some 
special she's got coming up for you. Also, taking more of your phone calls. So if you want to give us a call, 916-921-5333 is the number. And uh, we're going to take your calls. And we're going to get this money thing, this mindset together. And Miss Anita, before we go to the break, can you give us an affirmation that we can start to um, say about our money? And if you want to do it after the break, we can do that as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we could do it after the break. We'll do it after the break. All right. This is Full Circle. We'll be right back. Show your support for the show by liking and sharing our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. And she's back. Empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. And we're back. I am Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. I've got a caller on the line. Go ahead, caller. Hi. Good morning, lady. I am enjoying listening to your show. I don't wish to share my name. Okay. What I'm about to say may sound different or odd, but it is my experience um, in regards to reaching your financial goals, but they're being hindered by a supernatural force. Um, So I would like to hear your perspective, thoughts from a spiritual realm being attacked on your finances here in this human, having this human experience. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, so uh, Anita, sometimes there are times when people feel like, and I think it goes back to your mindset as well, Mm -hmm. is that there are things that may be external forces or whatever that may be helping, maybe hindering people from their financial mm-hmm. freedom. Mm-hmm. But I think to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it all goes back to mindset as well. I think so too. I know that um, being from the South, you know, they talk, every time I sell, I'm telling somebody from, I'm from Louisiana, not every time, yeah. but if I say I'm from Louisiana, one of the first things they want to say, oh, so you know voodoo. Yeah. Right. Right. right? Exactly. right? I'll be like, no, never really been around it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so people, you know, and I don't want to discount anybody's feelings uh, when it comes to that or their mindset when it comes to that. Um, but I would, I would actually, uh, and I think you and I were talking about this earlier today, is that when you receive your money or when you're thinking or you want to pray over your money okay and, and it may sound crazy or whatever um i you know pray over it uh pray over it. one of the things that you want to pray about is that who the person that gave it to you gave it to you in good faith and that if you're working for this money then you receive that money and do the things in good faith for it all right let's take another 975 hello Hello. Hi. Thank you. I'm listening to your program. Thank you uh, for bringing this information to us. I, For those of us who want to be savvy sisters, um, what programs or workshops you have planned, uh, Ms. Johnson, in 2020 for those of us planning for retirement? Mm. Good question. Um, some of the workshops and things that I am planning for 2020 is that we do have a financial action board party um, that actually helps you put your it's it's similar to a vision board, but it's more of an action board party. And, and you can check, you know, uh, my website for that information. Uh, we also have uh, and I'm a big believer in yoga. So we have a financial find your voice, find your voice. um financial yoga and meditation something for that as well as other uh events uh conference in march and some other events that uh, that you will be able to find on my uh site um the uh fa- facebook site they're all there thank you mm-hmm. thank you so much for calling thank you 
I want to go back to um, that. Actually, that was a good question. I want to go to that question. Is that <laughs> what do you have coming up before we talk about holiday gift ideas? What do you have coming up for 2020? Oh, well, we have a lot of things coming up. We have already planned our first. We kind of planned a over overall, but then we planned our first quarter. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in the first quarter is, like I said, the Financial Action Board. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have something called a financial speed dating event. Oh, yeah, I missed the last one. I really wanted to go to that, too. I thought that was so cool. And I was actually telling someone about that yesterday as well. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, I I don't exactly know. I think we're doing two this year, and I'm not exactly sure um, which dates uh, they are somewhere in June or some. some mm-hmm. So what a financial action um, a, f- a financial speed dating is just what it is. It's speed dating like you go speed dating. And but they're financial people. There's your retirement uh, organization. There's the bank. There's insurance agents. There's all kinds of different people. Mortgage, real estate. All of them are there. They're vendors for you. You have seven minutes to talk mm. to them, and then you and then you go to another person. After seven minutes, you go to another vendor and you mm-hmm. talk to them. And you seven minutes and you go to another vendor. And so this is one of been one of my very um, good successful. Um, events that I have done throughout the year. The other event that I know, I know the date on that, which is in September, is that we're going to have a financial bus tour. Hmm. Okay, Miss Wanda. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so tell me about this bus tour. Okay, so what we're going to do is it, it hasn't been announced. So you guys are the we first. We got the exclusive. Got the exclusive. All right. All right. The yes. Exclusive on this. And so what we do is that we take a you know a party bus kinda, uh-huh. and we're going to go to Monterey. That's that's the game. <laughs> Sign me. You are. You said Monterey. That's my favorite place. That's Sign my me favorite up. place too. But we're going to do financial games on the bus where you can win gifts and so forth. So that's in 2020. Uh, so that'll be September 19th. So look for that, you know, and if you have questions about it, you can always, you know, email me and stuff and, and then I can put you on the list I'm just going to let that. the family know that <laughs> that day, if that's a Saturday, there will be a pre-recorded full <laughs> Because I'm going to that. That just sounds like so much fun. Yeah, that's and it's be a fun. way for people to mm-hmm. get educated mm-hmm. on their finances yeah, as well in exactly. a fun way and in not just way. sitting in a, a conference room somewhere with someone, you know, womp, 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 you know. Uh, the other, like I mentioned earlier, is that we're going to have something called Find Your Financial Voice Through Yoga and Meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be uh, the first one is somewhere in January, but the second one is February 1st. So we got that one already okay. scheduled. Okay. So we got plenty of, you know, we got stuff. We got we got even got some stuff for 2021, mm-hmm. you know, another exclusive. Okay. Uh, and I do a retreat. Okay. And we're going to do a retreat. We're going to do a cruise retreat. 2021. <laughs> well, all right, Miss Anita. So we've got all kinds of exclusives with Miss Anita R. Johnson talking women and money. And I like the yoga, how you're bringing the yoga into your finances and also the financial vision board, but called the financial action board, action board mm-hmm. because we can have the vision. But what action are we taking in order to get mm-hmm. to where we want to be? Exactly. So this is the holiday season. And people are out there probably, as we speak, doing their shopping for the holiday season. But can you give some of our listeners or our listeners some holiday gift ideas so that we don't have to break the bank this holiday season? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know that some of us actually really want to um, 
buy that perfect gift for buy that perfect gift for someone. But let's do this. Let's think of some creative ways to to give gifts for someone. We uh, like, for instance, if you know a couple that have uh, children and they are, you know, they're maybe a newborn or maybe a bunch of children, you know, two or three kids, and they can't get out much. You might want to give them a date night babysit the kids for them and give them a date night right so they can go out and enjoy each other um so that's a gift that you can give to they would be very you know not just grandparents doing that maybe you have a friend Mm -hmm. that has some kids and stuff so just kind of help them out that way the other thing be creative and giving them um a book of affirmations or maybe not necessarily affirmations but a coupon kind of book that mm-hmm. says today you get a free kiss mm-hmm. or today you get a free hug mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so um you can give them you can actually give them a book of these things and you know get together with some of your girlfriends put this kind of thing together and say that uh the other thing is that um believe it or not you can find some really good discounts somewhere in the thrift stores Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to look through it, but you do. You can find some some things that way. And again, today is you know we have the Black Friday thing going on. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they can find some good, some really good tips for yeah, yeah gifts for that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The point is to not break the bank. Mm-hmm. Stay within your means, and if you haven't planned for the holiday season, because a lot of people don't. Mm-mm. You know, just be mindful about how you're spending. Mm-hmm. And really the reason behind this whole holiday season anyway, it's about family and love and things like that. Not, I mean, the the, the stores now, remember back in the day, they wouldn't even be open until Friday, mm-hmm. right? Maybe 5 right. a.m. Now they're mm-hmm. open on Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just getting further and further. Like they're Commercialized. just, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so not, re- not forgetting what this season is all about. Mm-hmm. Now you have a book. Tis the season to be frustrated. <laughs> if that ain't a title, Miss Anita, I tell you. So tell us a little bit about that. So the book is called Christmas uh, um, Past, Present, and Future. Tis the season to be frustrated. And it's a compilation of people, women, and I think we have one male uh, in that book. And we love him. We absolutely love him. But um, we talk about our relationships with Christmas, right? Our relationship with Christmas. And it ta- it does talk about trying to find that perfect gift. I think there are some authors that talk about the perfect gift. My chapter that I wrote talked about when I was a kid mm-hmm. and how I got Christmas gifts and so forth. And being a single parent, how I refuse to allow my kids to believe in Santa. So, Probably today I'll be arrested for abuse if I did that to my right, kids. Right. <laughs> but I'm a Southern mother. <laughs> I, I, I was taught from the, from the South, you okay. know, right? But um, I always would, and I was just want to be honest with my kids about who was really, what the season was about. And mm-hmm. it wasn't about Santa mm-hmm. or getting a gift or getting the biggest gift. Yeah. And so that is probably most of the stories that the that are in there by women um, that talk about um, how they came to their full circle, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, with Christmas and the holidays. Yeah, mm-hmm. because some of us are still paying off Christmas from, you know, a year or two ago, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Putting a lot of stuff on the plastic versus having the the cash for it because we want our families to have. And I mean, you know, it's not it. 
to me, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that in the sense of you want to see your family happy. However, mm-hmm. doing it that way, there is, you know, you're putting yourself in debt for the year to come. So right. now you're already starting the next, next year, year in, in all of this debt. And just think about it. a lot of times now, how many times have we gotten toys, even as adults, mm-hmm. gotten toys and like 15 minutes later, we're like, mm. Don't want that no more. Right? <laughs> it's in the corner by the end of the month or something, right? Yeah. So remember when you're giving gifts, like for instance, when I um, uh, dated this guy that had children, I would give them gifts, books, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that, it, and, and, they, and I would allow, you know, he could buy the other things. But my thing was, I wanted them to be able to read because reading is important and that they can have a conversation and learn new words. So you can give books as gifts as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of things that you can do to be very creative or find very inexpensive ways to celebrate again, the holiday season. Um, I'm just going to put another plug in for shop black Friday event or the, the African marketplace that's happening today um, until six, because uh, I found a lot of nice little inexpensive gifts there. They have mm-hmm. a lot of handmade jewelry and mm-hmm. things like that. So not only am I getting really nice gifts that I think that people will like, I'm not spending a ton of money and I'm supporting putting money black into back into the black community mm-hmm. and I'm supporting small businesses. I know that I have a client and one of the things that she does uh, when she goes on vacation or it's just somebody's birthday or something, mm-hmm. whatever gift she decides to give to that person has to be not necessarily of a value money, but a value added to their life. Mm. Okay. And, and uh, when she said that to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to use that as my own. <laughs> 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 but I'm going to give her the props for it. So whenever she buys something, whether it be on vacation, a souvenir or their birthday or Christmas or whatever it might be, it has to add value to that person's life. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And so think about that when you are buying gifts to people. You know, sometimes husbands buy their wives uh, mixers for <laughs> That is not adding value to my life. If you buy me an air fryer, okay? <laughs> I don't love that. I don't mean anything by guys, but right, right, you know, right, I've seen no. enough of it, right? right? I've right. seen enough. And then you know, I guess, I guess if if the wives bought the husbands a boat or something, right. that would add value to right. their life, right? Right. right. Something to, so add value to the person's life, you know, when you get ready to to purchase them a gift. You bring up a good point too, in that you can shop all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're on vacation and you see those nice little things, why not, you know? buy things to mm-hmm. pr- to give to people at the holiday season. Exactly. Um, another thing someone told me a couple of years ago, and I haven't subscribed to this yet, but I think it's a great idea. I just haven't done it personally, but they said, start in January and just buy like one gift card a month. Mm-hmm. And you can either, by the time you get to December, you've got 12 gift cards, right? Say if mm-hmm. you put 20, 50, whatever amount, mm-hmm. you can either now use that as your holiday spending mm-hmm. or use that as gifts. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a really good yeah. idea, mm-hmm. you know? Then you're already prepared and then again, not um, going out of pocket for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the good old fashioned, and I think banks and credit unions still do this, is the Santa Saver mm-hmm. account as well. 
They do have some that have some. Okay. You just have to, you know, seek them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's another way to, yeah. again, start to save for the holiday season so that you're not, again, going out of pocket mm-hmm. for the holidays, making yourself crazy um, and spending money that we really may not have money mm-hmm. to spend or mm-hmm. using plastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. If you're just joining us, this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a conversation with Anita R. Johnson, financial behaviorist. Uh, When we come back from the break, we're going to tell you about some deals that Miss Anita has for you and how you can follow her on social media. This is Full Circle. We'll be right back. If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And we're back with Miss Wanda life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. So we are having a conversation with my guest, financial behaviorist Anita R. Johnson, talking about women and money. And there's so much I want to make sure that we cover. But before we went to the previous break, I did ask Miss Anita to give us an affirmation that we can start, that can help us start our financial journey. Well, you know, I'm going to give the affirmation that I say to myself every morning. And it's that I'm living in abundance. I love that one. And the abundance can, it doesn't necessarily have to be money, but it can be good health. It could be friends. It could be whatever. (laughs) Nice lattes, you know, (laughs) (laughs) eating out, you know, like I like to do. Right. Uh, So I just say I'm living in abundance. Now you can add to that or take away Mm -hmm. or whatever you like, but kind of start with that. That's a basic kind of thing. I Mm want to just piggyback on that a little bit. I, I use that. Uh, something similar as well, uh, especially when I feel myself going down a mm-hmm. scarcity mindset thinking. Let's stop that, that scarcity mindset. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I get that too, uh-huh. right? You know, being uh, self-employed mm-hmm. like some of us are, right? You know our money is not, uh, it's up. it can be up and down, uh-huh. right? And so when you get to the point where uh, when it's like when I was talking to uh, my roommate the other day and I said something and he's and, and this particular roommate is well both of them they're actually really really uh, positive mm-hmm. thing. and so at the end of the conversation I said I'm living abundantly uh-huh. right and he says yes that's right Anita you are uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but I think for me I think that oh, I can't even say that I, I, it comes back from childhood, but it doesn't mm-hmm. for me. But I don't know where I picked that up, but I did pick that up. I Actually, I do know. Being a single mom. Yeah, definitely. Being a single mom oh, yeah. and wanting to make sure that I had, every, you know, covered me and my son's needs. Well, you know, uh, here another client, um, She when she was a single parent and she didn't have enough food. Mm-hmm. Now that she's not a single parent and she, you know, she's she says she buys food. She just buys food and she just buys food. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to work with her on. Uh, and then she buys food and it, it just sits there and yeah. it spoils. And so now really working, works with her. And now it, she has that that flow, mm-hmm. you know, that balance on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So definitely. I like that, that, that mm-hmm. affirmation. I'm living in abundance. And mm-hmm. again, it's not, it doesn't have to just be about money. It could be an abundance of love or friends or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. I do like that affirmation mm-hmm. very much. Let's talk a little bit about our teenagers mm-hmm. and money. Okay. So one of the questions that I ask parents sometimes is when they have teenage children, I was like, so if you something happened to you, could your teenager run your household? Mm. <laughs> right? Could your okay. teenager run your household? And some of them be like, they have this wide look in their eyes like, 
No, uh-huh. I wouldn't let my teenager. I'm not like, well, why? Uh-huh. Why wouldn't you let your teenager run that? Because they, he or she doesn't know. Oh, they don't know. Can you teach them how to run your household, right? Teach them how to run your household. So here's what here's some of the tips. Of course, you know, you're you're the ones that's going to oversee. The parent is always going to be the one to oversee. Mm-hmm. But what happens is is that you say, "Okay, this is how much money that's for the household for this week or this month or whatever." And here's an opportunity for you to run it. These are the bills we have. This is how much you much money you have. Can you run this household? Can you run this household a week? Can you run this household a day? Mm -hmm. Can you run it a month? Because if something would happen to you, and maybe you you sick or something, you know, and uh, your money gets limited or whatever it is, you still have to depend on someone to run that household, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And this could be for a single parent or both parents. You know, if you're both parents, and this will teach them how to handle money. And they have a perspective on money because a lot of times I know that um, I I guess I used to say, oh, well, you have more checks, just write more checks. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whole books worth. <laughs> <laughs> so if you teach them that money is not l- unlimited, but limited. Right. Uh, then you you will get them in the process of taking care of their own business. Yeah. So their own money business. Now I'm going to kind of counteract that a little bit, play a little bit of devil's advocate because I hear, I listen to Dave Ramsey very often. Mm -hmm. um, And one of the things I hear people saying is that they don't want, like they want to have a conversation with their child about money, but they don't want their child to know how much they make. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like they don't want it, you know, they feel like that's too personal for them. You know, I don't want my child in my business. Like, what do you think about that dynamic? You know, that's a good that's a good um, observation, Uh so to speak. And that that could be true. What you probably want to do if you don't want your child to know exactly how much you earn, because maybe they'll hit you up a little bit later. Uh (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably have a separate bank account for th- for that when you're doing this experiment with it and then mm-hmm. just put some money in there okay. and put you know like okay this is the money that we're going to use to pay the bills to run the household mm-hmm. okay and when this is gone the household is going to break yeah you know so you could do something like that okay uh, and i know it's about fear because here it is about that is that we all are afraid of money most of us really fear and we fear people knowing that we don't know. Okay. Or we fear the fact that we should have known because we're an adult. Yeah. Right. So we fear that. And I get all of that, but we have to be able to teach and be honest and teach our children how to deal with finances. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never too late too. So please don't feel like if you don't know, it's never too late to learn about Mm -hmm. finances, investing, getting on a financial spending plan, Mm -hmm. correcting those Uh, behaviors that you've exhibited in the past. And if you don't know where to start, go see Miss Anita. That's right. That's what she's going to help you do. (laughs) She is going to help you get to the root of those financial behaviors Mm -hmm. that we exhibit. Exactly. That get us into the positions that we're in. Mm -hmm. Man, so do you do financial advice as well, or do you work with a financial advisor? I work with a financial advisor. Um, 
people when they come to me, um, they have all they have goals. You know, whether it be tax goals, whether it be buying, purchasing a home, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is that they want. So in order to to do that, I try to get them into a different mindset. So I have people around me that I can refer to them. Um, I may have two or three different financial advisors because not all one size doesn't fit all. Right, right. And so I tell them to go and interview mm-hmm. these people, mm-hmm. right? And then when they interview they can decide which one they want. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have people part- that you partner that I with, partner with mm-hmm. in order to help your clients just get right. the best to get overall. that whole financial picture in order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a- what do you think one of the most important things is? I heard uh, one of the callers earlier talked about preparing for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think some of the most important things women need to do when it comes to money? Okay. Uh one of the things that if if you are still, of course, I guess if you're, for a time you were working, but one of the things if you're working, you want to you want to be able to, and, and I'm pretty sure a financial advisor will be able to tell you this as, as well. Um, you want to be able to take advantage of your work retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, some people don't take advantage, and here's what the reason why is because they may be single single parent and they need all the money that they can get Mm -hmm. but remember you're not going to be working forever you cannot work forever right yeah and you don't want to be 75 talking about oh welcome to some other place i'm not going to say that yeah (laughs) (laughs) we got you oops (laughs) uh uh, but you don't want to be uh you know you don't want to be able to do that at 70 75 Unless you just really want to work. Right. And you're healthy enough to work. But when you have to work, that's a whole different story, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So you you want to be so take advantage of the health the uh, plan that your job is offering if your job offers that mm-hmm. now on the other side that some jobs don't offer so maybe you might want to talk with your boss and figure out how to offer those kinds of things mm-hmm. and the financial advisor probably will have you do some some investments because there remember uh, well most people don't know there's still three stools three not three um not stools, legs uh-huh. to the stool, right? Okay. There's the Social Security, there's your personal investment, and that's your imp- investment at, at your jobs. Okay. So remember all of those things uh, as you are um, getting ready to, for retirement to make sure you put something in all those little pots that you have. You know, working will get you your Social Security and also the investment plan at your job. Mm-hmm. When you do have the investment plan at your job, take that to your financial advisor so it makes sure that you are spreading those things correctly into the pots that's supposed to be spread into the pots. Yeah. And so that that's some of the things that you know, once we get that investment at our jobs, mm-hmm. right? We're enrolled in that, we never look at it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even, I, I, yeah. yeah. Never look at it again. So take that to the invest to your uh, financial advisor and whatever goals that you are seeking through your financial advisor, he or she will tell you if those are good fits for you or not. Yeah. And if you're feeling apprehension again, go see Miss Anita because she is going to help you get to the because the apprehension is, is, is the fear. probably based in fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Of something. Yeah. And so not, you know, being able to talk about those things and again, get to the bottom of those issues Definitely. is important. I was looking at some myths. Uh, there's like five <laughs> myths about women um, that we believe about women and money. And a couple, I just want to shoot a couple of them to you and see what you think about this. So the first one is women need more help managing their money than men do. 
What do you think about that? Hmm, that you know, that's a, a, a yes and a no kind uh-huh, of thing. Uh-huh. And I guess through my uh, research, I find so many different things that go on with that. Uh-huh. You know, it's just like women earn less money. Well, who can actually? Um, uh, uh, um, a male taught me basically how to negotiate. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and I still get. I still get. You know, like. What's my value? What should I do? Mm-hmm. But I do have a uh, a male friend that actually really teaches me how to do proposals and things like that to, mm-hmm. to people and stuff. So yes and a no. You know, we we do have some women out there, and I've interviewed women um, that have made were making high six figures, and they hadn't saved any money for their children's education. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you know, yes and a no to that one. I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next one. And this one, I think, is it, it says it's a myth, but I think it may be kind of true, okay. or at least that's the the, the general thinking, is mm-hmm. women are naturally risk-averse. I would say yes to that, mm-hmm. um, only because we're more neutral, uh, nurturing kind of people, and we, we don't really, you know how we are, especially when, you know, when I have my son, like, oh, don't go outside there, don't do this, don't do right. that. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. And, and, and one of the things I really had to, to do with my son is I had to say, hey, I'm not trying to make him, you know, be anything that he's not supposed to be. Right. It's mm-hmm. like you got to let him fall sometimes. Right. Right. And so we as women are nurturing. So we want to nurture that little one little dollar. We want to protect we it. We want to protect it. Yeah. And you, you are supposed to protect it. But some of it you have to let go. Like, for instance, when you're doing your financial spending uh, uh, plan, some money you're going to put away. Right. And again, here is a financial advisor. If you're not if you have a fear and you're not a lot of risk, he or she can help you put your money into a place where there won't be a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Here's another myth. Mm-hmm. Um, women can only like married women can only depend on their husbands oh, for no. the finances. Remember, family <laughs> Remember, I'm reading myths. I'm not saying that this is my mindset. So don't come for Miss Wanda. I'm reading myths. And don't come for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because I said no. (laughs) That one I think is really important Mm -hmm. because in a lot of times you do have men um, that take care of the family's Mm -hmm. finances and either they pass away suddenly Mm -hmm. or there's a divorce and now... Now you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I find that to be maybe it's it's a myth, but it can be it can be true Mm -hmm. only because. Mo- I'm, I don't know the percentage, mm-hmm. but I think that we have not actually taken care of our finances like we should, or we don't have a spouse that actually, or a significant other that actually helps us mm-hmm. to do that. Now, I find that the most of the of my male friends and my male clients mm-hmm. actually want their wives to know what they're doing financially, mm-hmm. right in the household. If they're taking care of the taking care of the household finances, they want them to be aware. They want to be able to do that that kind of thing. And I know there's you know there's old school and there's young school yeah. thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I just I feel that um, 
men should really take the time if they're handling the finances and if women are handling fi- to go over those finances with the sit with down the, yeah sit down together and make those decisions together yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i think that's so important yeah to just know what page you're on yeah and so that you're on the same page exactly and you know what that's it's kind of interesting that you bring that up this thing that this thought just came to mind is talking to my son about dating a young lady and getting you know a little serious about her and i said you know are you asking those questions Mm -hmm. how do you deal with money Mm -hmm. because i think that's important when we're dating no matter what age you are when you're dating and you find yourself getting you know more serious Mm -hmm. you don't want to just casually date me asking about their money but if you're starting to get serious asking and watching how are they handling money? How are they spending it? Mm-hmm. Are they using, you know, do they pull out cards a lot? Are they, you know, over, are they always in debt? All of those things, watching that mm-hmm. and really having those open conversations about money. Because if you don't do it now and you get married, you'll find yourself in a jam and in a lot of conflict. True that. As well. Definitely. One of the things that I think that should be added to um, marriage counseling is money Fear, your your relationship to money. Now we talk about they talk about in some marriage counseling they do talk about money, but in the financial literacy yeah uh, rim right, but not how you were raised right with money yeah. You never because here you got two people that are coming from two different directions coming together as one. Mm-hmm. Not you know I mean you got this you got you got the snoring thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things to address. <laughs> so many things to address. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yes, you may have dated and, you know, been serious and they may have done little things here and there. But when you come together, you really find out how they were raised financially. Yeah. And one may have been a spender and one have not been a spender. So when you get those two people together, that can be and fin- and finances is one of the number one reasons people divorce. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's so important. So have mm-hmm. that conversation with yes, your significant definitely. anyone that you're cohabitating or or sharing a life, life with. with. Mm-hmm. Have that conversation cuz we do. We actually come with different mindsets in regards to money mm-hmm. and it's really important to have that conversation. I heard again Sorry to keep mentioning Mr. Ramsey, but some of the stuff that he just drops knowledge. He said this one thing that I had to notice about myself. I had to notice that about myself. And it's so true. He said, when you have cash in your pocket, Mm. you are likely to stay on budget Mm. versus having the plastic. Mm. Because when you have the plastic, it's just like out of sight, out of mind. So you're swiping away. Mm. And the next thing you know, you can spend one, two hundred dollars. Look, I'm just going to tell about myself, especially a Dollar Tree. Okay. (laughs) Everybody knows Dollar Tree. You can just get in so much trouble. This oh, it's just a dollar. Next thing you know, you just spend a hundred dollars yeah, in exactly, Dollar Tree. Exactly. But but he did make a good point that, and I had to watch that about myself. And I noticed that that to be true is that when I have plastic, mm-hmm. when I have my ATM or my debit card. I'm like, oh, let, throw that on there as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. and do that as well mm-hmm. versus having the cash and knowing that that's it's what a, yeah. the limit that I have. And that's it. I started actually taking my ATM out of my purse mm. so that I don't, you know, tempt myself to swipe, wow. especially after I've done my budget and right. I know every dollar is accounted for. Mm-hmm. And I started taking that out. But that's that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely interesting. I like that part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And was, it's true. Go ahead. No, and it's true. If, if we have the cash, we'll be. And I know for me, I hold, I'll be trying to, if I got cash, I'm holding on to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's so crazy how a lot society is moving so uh, uh, away from cash, mm-hmm. which really drives me mm-hmm. nuts because mm-hmm. I really try to operate on a cash-only basis. But, you know, people are quick to, you got a card? Like, yeah. and a couple of vendors I went to, not yesterday, but in other places, they're like, oh, I don't even, I don't even take cash. I only take card. Mm. You know, so they're encouraging that behavior exactly. of swiping, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. I know when I did my, um, my dissertation, this book that I got was um, written like in the 1950s and 40s, and it talks about money as an illusion. Mm. And now if you look at, if you look at what's happening today, money, cash money seems to be an illusion. In our because we have Zelle, we got Cash yep. App, we got all those things, and yep. we could automatically get mm-hmm. you know get our get our money and stuff. And yeah. I remember when the ATM was first coming out, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm never going to use that. I always want to cash. <laughs> uh-huh. I might be one of the biggest <laughs> <laughs> offenders of the Zelle yeah. app. <laughs> and you know what's and and I've been seeing lately uh, earning. The mm. earning app, mm. which oh. to me is just the payday loan for millennials. Wow. Right? I haven't seen that one. Have you earning? So it's like, you know, I can get money as soon as I earn my paycheck or whatever. <gasps> yes. The really? earning app is like, yes. giving. Uh, and I, I, I see those commercials and it's just, it's aimed, you can tell the marketing is aimed towards young people. And it's all about getting cash when you need cash mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. you get your paycheck, mm-hmm. which is that payday loan that we used to do back in the day. Wow. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, since you're on that, we're talking about, you know, um, the uh, the college a- um, athletes uh-huh. are now getting paid. Yes. So think about this. You're 17, 18 years old and you're just playing college ball, basketball, football, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't have I, I don't have a, an opinion either way. Yeah. But my thing is now you're going to be earning some top dollar just like the professionals are and then remember professional athletes a lot of professional athletes when they retire it's three to four years uh-huh. that they're broke that they're broke after earning all that money mm-hmm. so now like you said like you said the you know that bre- that age bracket uh-huh. will be earning that kind of money and they have no idea what they're doing mm-hmm. with that money yeah so that's yeah, that's that's an important one. So and I'm it, here, and just yeah, <laughs> right, and just young people in general, yeah. especially mm-hmm. you know coming out of college, and maybe you were a struggling college student or working and, and going to school and paying for school and everything, and now you've got your first gig, mm-hmm. and you're making you know. Mm-hmm couple of you know fifty sixty thousand dollars coming out of college not having had that mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and now having to learn to manage it I, exactly. and, and I do think about pro athletes entertainers all of that and the example that they're setting for our children mm-hmm. and our, for us in general in general going and, and spending a lot of different money so mm-hmm. just it, it's it's Man, it's there's so, so much, much out there to talk about. <laughs> One of the other things I did want to mention is having multiple streams of income, mm, right? right? So we talked about not having enough money, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe your job may you may be in the profession that you want, but you're you haven't gotten to the earning 
mm-hmm. that you need to or you haven't negotiated. Maybe you're, you know, like me, I work for the state, like the salaries are set, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm in this position and this is my next raise and this is my next raise. Mm-hmm. So how do I bring in other money? And that is a lot of people have multiple streams. That's another way to build wealth. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. That is another way to build wealth. And uh, again, why do you need the money? You know, why do you need the money? Do you need it because for some reason that um, uh, you, you're not managing the other money properly? Mm-hmm. Here again, do you need it? You figure out if you're managing your other your your main gig, mm-hmm. the money properly. Yeah. So yes, you do. In today's society, you do kind of need two or three, four, five streams of income. You know we. And I'm I'm no different than anybody else. I have you know, try to have right. different kind of yeah. teaching and doing all kinds of, just to have that that one stream goes down. The other thing sometimes all of my streams go down. Then mm-hmm. I'm really then that's where my savings may come into into place. And, and that's so. the life of an entrepreneur that- right there. That's a scary <laughs> life, right? That's what you know. I'm I'm working my way towards that now, yeah. trying to make my transition from the state and getting yeah. into entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's the one thing I do yeah. think, and I want to make sure I'm as prepared as I can mm-hmm. be. But especially for entrepreneurs, yeah. do you find that you have a lot of entrepreneurial clients in your in your work? I have I have a mixture. Okay, a mixture. Um, uh, in my line of work, but yeah, it is. Uh, I do have people that uh, I have a, a, one client. She has three jobs, and mm-hmm. I was like, "How do you have three? T- I mean, right. jobs. Right. You know, not right. not." And part of that is an entrepreneur thing. But this, I was like, I don't know how she does it. You know, it's because mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm yeah. tired for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to again the mindset. I think behind yeah. that is mm-hmm. why do you, you know? There's one thing to have ambition and and want to That's be true. an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. all that. Or is it because I'm so strapped? I need to make ends meet, and right. so I need a couple of different jobs. So exactly, that know, makes sense. It's yeah. a way to look at it, and if you need help in that area, again, go hey. see Miss Anita, uh, Miss Anita, because she's got you. She's a financial behaviorist, <laughs> and she's going to help you get to the bottom of that yes. thing. So, how can we? You're on social media. Mm-hmm. How can we find you? How can people find you? Get your services, and you also have a special for the for the fam. So Definitely. let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, you can go to my social media page, the my Facebook page which is Anita Johnson financial uh, behaviorist and that's where you'll find most of the uh, updated uh, things that we have going on there uh, uh, events so forth and so on and leave your comments so forth and so on there <clears throat> and of course it has uh, my email address and everything there as, as well and as far as the special is concerned we have you know um, some books dropped and I want you to go and, and get these books. And when you get these books, you will get a discounted price on our membership, our yearly membership. And in the membership package, you know, we have where you have some time with me, not a lot of time, but you also have webinars that you'll be invited to and discounted prices on some of the events that I talked about for 2020 that okay. are coming up. All right. <laughs> so um, we go to your webs or to your Facebook page, Anita Johnson, Financial Behaviorist. We mm-hmm. And find your information. Talk about the books that dropped yesterday. Oh, so one of the books that dropped yesterday was, of course, we talked about that Christmas present, oh. <laughs> uh, um, past, past, present, present, future. Uh-huh. Uh, Tis the season to be uh, to be frustrated. Uh-huh. That's one book that dropped yesterday. The other one is the second series to the uh, the book, the hidden psychological effects of money on Black women. We already had one out. Mm-hmm. The that's that book was not a planned book, but when the other book 
uh, hit the top, top seller and we got comments about mm-hmm. we want another one, we want another one, we mm-hmm. want to hear more, we want to hear more. So we did another one. We collaborated. I collaborated with some other uh, authors from all over the country. And so that book dropped as well. And you can find that actually on my Facebook page as well. And it's an ebook as well. Okay. Okay. All right. And then you have a membership program. I have a membership program. That what do, what do people get with that again? What they get with the membership program is they do get discounts on events that we have, that I have. They also get a quarterly uh, webinar about some finance, and then they we have guests that come on and do that. They get discounted prices from vendors. Uh, they also get. Um, me for uh, 15 minutes every quarter. Oh, nice. <laughs> right? It's yeah. nice. Yeah, 15 yeah. minutes from me. Mm-hmm. They also get our magazine, which is Affluence Financial Fitness for Women. That's a uh, twice a year. It comes out twice a year. Mm-hmm. So you get that as well. And you get another book that I have. It's called the Itty Bitty, fin- uh, Itty Bitty Financial Affirmations book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Okay. It has about five affirmations in there uh-huh. and stuff. And, and those, um, uh, the ones that we kind of talked about today, those are in there. And then there's some extra ones in there as well. Okay. So you get a lot of that stuff with the membership package. Okay. And then this weekend, let's tell them again what this weekend, if they go and get the book. If books, they go and get the book, they get the membership package for, at a discounted rate. Okay. A, a year, okay. a whole year. So it's an annual membership. It's an, it's an annual, it's a monthly membership, but oh. you can get it. I'm giving it for to for at a discounted price uh, for the whole year. All right. Mm-hmm. You can't beat that. And you get 15 minutes every quarter with Miss Anita. Hey. So if you, you know, maybe if you don't have time or if you're somewhere else, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you have clients all over I the world. I have clients all over the place. Okay. So we can do Zoom calls. We can do all kinds. This technology. Yes. Thank goodness for technology. That's for sure. So you can go ahead and take advantage of that. Make sure you visit Miss uh, Johnson's website, Anita Johnson Financial Behaviorist on Facebook. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Visit on Facebook. Get the two books that have dropped and also check out the membership opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to go in and get those other benefits, the coaching, uh, the 15 minutes of coaching, the um, magazine, and the webinars, which, mm-hmm. again, yeah. I'm covering oh, yeah. a, a multitude of topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to do a signing for the second book or for... We haven't... We haven't... Um, well, it just dropped yesterday. Yeah, but. <laughs> it just dropped yesterday. But I'm looking forward probably sometime in March, okay. doing um, uh, Women History Month. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm finances man it is you can go on and on and on about finances i want to close with one more thing mm-hmm. let's talk about how do we help women start to get comfortable talking about mm-hmm. money whether it's with their significant other or any other family members how do we start to get women comfortable with talking about money interesting question you know i always go back to the mindset uh, of how we feel about money. So I would actually take some time to sit alone. This is something that we mm. don't do, mm-hmm. right? Because we're afraid to sit alone because we're afraid what our spirits will tell us, right? Right. right. So, <laughs> yeah. so I would actually make a purpose in uh, talking about it and visualizing money, right? Money is not, um, is not evil. Um, some things we do with money may be evil. But here's the thing is that money is a tool, 
And this mm-hmm. is how when I have men and women set in, in and I'm talking to them, mostly the time men say money is a tool to get to the next to the get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Women might say security. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so remember that money is a tool to get you from one spot to the next. It's just like when you had that hoopty that time, then mm-hmm. that hoopty was getting you from one spot. OK, to the next. that's what <laughs> money, right? money is. Right. Right. <laughs> so it gets you from one spot to the next. And so remember that because you got to have it. Mm-hmm. You got to have money to, to, to trade and do things. Right. So the first thing you want to do is that is one of the things that you want to visualize yourself in abundance and you want to visualize and have a conversation with yourself on what you want to tell your spouse Mm -hmm. or your significant other and be comfortable with talking about it and taking some of the fear and things out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Great advice. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's not anything to be afraid of. I think where the fear comes in is when we feel like we don't have enough Mm -hmm. or we can't do the things that we feel that we can do, but you know, again, it all goes down to looking at your mindset around mm-hmm. it. And Miss Anita Johnson is the one that can help you. A financial behaviorist, y'all. I had never heard of it <laughs> until I met Miss Anita. So, and I think it's fascinating work because there really is a connection between the way we treat money, the way mm-hmm. we think about money, mm-hmm. and some of the things that may have happened in our past. So, it's important to get to the root of those things so that we can have a better relationship mm-hmm. with money. You know, for for our lives. Lives mm-hmm. and, and to help plan our futures. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Respect the money. Yeah. And it'll respect you as Ooh, well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Drop mic on that one. I love that. Man, okay. So if you want to find Miss Anita Johnson, again, go to Facebook. It's Anita Johnson Financial Behaviorist on Facebook. Uh, check out the two new books that she just dropped yesterday uh, Christmas, Past, Present, and Future. Um, Tis the season to be. Frustrated. Frustrated. Yes. All right. (laughs) And then also part two or the second book of the hidden psychological effects of money on black women, a a compilation of personal experiences. That's volume two. Both of those dropped yesterday. You can get all of that information and information about membership opportunities by going to or visiting her Facebook page, Anita Johnson Financial Behaviors on Facebook. I'll also post up the link on the full circle Facebook and Instagram pages. So make sure you're following the show. It's Full Circle 975 on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a show idea, question, or comment, please make sure to email me at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. Remember how we think about money. And I like what Miss Anita said. If you respect money, money will respect you. So how we're thinking about it. Think about your mindset behind how you're looking at money, how you're thinking about money. And if you want any help getting to the root of those money issues in regards to your money financial behaviors, check out Miss Anita R. Johnson, Financial Behaviorist. Follow her on Facebook at Anita Johnson, Financial Behaviorist. On Facebook, again, you can get her two books. Um, You could also get uh, information on the membership package. Packaging. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right, family. It's full circle. We have made it another week. Show love to everyone you meet and have a happy and safe holiday season. We will be back next week with more show. And next week, we're going to be talking about how do we prepare our home for 2020. And I've got some personal experiences I want to share with you as well with my guest, um, Carly from Tidy Revival. So make sure you keep it here next week and uh, you'll get some information on how Carly helped me to declutter my house. (laughs) I'm so in love with my house now because Carly is 
help me, so oh, I'm going to have her on the show next Saturday. <laughs> Make sure you tune in. That's how we're doing it, fam. We'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.